What's up? What? <laughs> I'm trying to redirect it. Oh, movies, movies. We've changed the name of the podcast. It's to movies, 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 movies. You can't redirect. It's like trying to redirect the flow of a river, which I can't actually, be done. Listen, I actually had an ex that w- that said to me one time, and and in the in the midst of a fight, she goes, "It's movies, movies, movies with you all the time." Oh, I know. And I said, "I don't. I have no defense." <laughs> I have nothing I can say to you. You're right. Did you did you meet me? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's not like anybody that, ever said any, any anybody ever said that to you? Movies, movies. They probably thought it, Corey. They if they probably didn't, if they thought didn't it. say it, they probably thought they it. Probably thought it. But again, like you, I've never presented myself as anything different. Yeah. Brad, have you ever had anybody in, in a in a sparring match with you say it's just music with you all the time? Uh, yeah, and I mean, I when you said that, I remember a girl, I thought I was going to be really, I, she was out of my league, quote unquote, yeah. and we were on a second date, and we started talking, and she described music as background noise, and oh. I was like, oh, oh this is not going No, yeah, that's when you cut bait and run. Mm, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that, I'm not getting myself I, I don't know, I, you know, um... I, yeah, I can't comment on this. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we just got done talking in the last episode about problematic moments. Let's not put ourselves in that category. Um, I'll this put is myself a, in a, pro- a problematic category here real quick by uh, saying, what's up, ding dongs? I, I, I can't. There's nothing boom, I can do. Boom, 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 boom. We did it, everybody. I should just start saying boom, 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 boom. After let's every burger. Time. Uh, let's burger, indeed. And shout out to all the kittens and Corey heads out there. This is the Side <laughs> Talks podcast. I'm Corey Kraft. I'm Rachel Morgan. Yeah, you, I, you just I, didn't I, even I, want to talk I, anymore. No, I had a stroke. Oh, I'm a sorry stroke. to hear that. Uh, it's always strokes with you. Strokes, strokes, strokes. Okay, we'll start talking about movies yeah. now. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Uh, uh, of, uh... <laughs> Echo, Foxtrot. Man, that's weird. Yeah, man, that's weird. Man, that's weird. So I know this is airing much later. We talk about that all the time. There's a little slight delay. But last night was Halloween night. That's right. And uh, like I like to do on Halloween, I did I did some little festive activities. I went over to my friend Nancy Tran's house, who was giving out candy and potato chips and fortune cookies. Oh. Which she got a lot of flack about. But I actually thought I would love to get a fortune cookie. Here's what I think. Uh-huh. I think that if you've been trick-or-treating for a while, you've probably got all your Snickers you need. You've probably got all your Twix you need. You've probably got all your gummy candy you need. And maybe a bag of Ruffles and, uh, and a fortune cookie is not a bad way to kind of balance things out. What yeah, do you vary think? it up. Why not? I don't have a problem yeah, with that. I wouldn't complain. No. You can eat those, right? They don't, or can you? Is that an egg situation? Um, it's mild enough most of the time I, where I can handle it. I'm not going to bother it. Yeah. But um, I, so I got home and I, and I watched a, a Halloween film. Okay. And, um, and, you know, that film was actually Silver Bullet, which is not what I'm going to talk about. But nice. on the eve before I had, we had watched, we decided on Halloween 3. Uh, I wanted to do a Halloween, and so okay. Halloween three, and so I thought must be the season on the winch. That's right. That I would talk about that film, and my first of all, my favorite thing about just the sort of marketing of of uh, Halloween three, other than that beautiful poster, the beautiful artwork for it's this a very film, nice poster. lovely, 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 is the tagline, which, as you know, the Halloween tagline was the night uh, that he the comes night home. that he comes home. home. That's right. 
The tagline for Halloween 3 is the night no one comes home. Yeah, all right. Pretty, pretty solid. So are you a Halloween 3 yes or noer? I'm a yes. Yeah, me too. This is 1982. A lot of people dislike this film a lot. It started getting a lot more love, what, about 15 years ago? Something like that. People come back around to it. Well, here are some some strange and interesting and fun facts about, uh, you know, the the Halloween 3 film because, uh, man, that's weird. And that first one is that lead Tom Atkins. Mm-hmm. God was, bless him. Yeah. That, and that mustache. Oh, man. That's a nut duster from hell. Yeah, it sure is. Um, he was actually married, I did not know this, to Garn Stevens, who played Marge in the film. Oh. The I woman who, I think that's the one who's like in the room next to them, who's the buyer from a, from a, like a toy store. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. That, that is he, interesting. He, yeah. That's not his love interest in the film, but his, um, yeah, his wife at the time, at least, was was there okay. uh, as another actor. The this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. Um, the uh, the voice of the operator that that Doctor Daniel gets there um, when he tries to call out of Santa Mira. Do you know who that is? This is about an hour in. It, okay, fifty five minutes. In. I, I, it, it's either Jamie Lee or Adrian Barbeau, right? It's Jamie Lee. It's Curtis. Jamie Lee. So a reference to, of course, Halloween one and Halloween yeah. two. Jamie Lee Curtis does make at least a voice appearance in this, um, which she makes a little more than that, right? Because there is some little bit of screen time with her with Halloween being on TV, right. which is one of my favorite things about Halloween three is that you get a couple of moments of Michael Myers, but it's Michael Myers being on being broadcast on television because it's halloween yeah and the the my favorite moment is um brought is we'll be right back with halloween brought to you by silver shamrock which of course is the evil mask yeah. company yeah and do you know this is i, I kind of didn't lead with this because i think it's so commonly known but i should probably say just in case people aren't aware do you, you know why halloween 3 it's the only halloween yeah. series that doesn't include michael myers and do you want to tell everybody why so the original concept for the halloween series especially after part two um was to be an anthology series of different unconnected horror stories each set around the halloween holiday i think people thought like well people will get tired of michael myers as a slasher we only there's need only, him once we yeah, can, there's lots of other villains that can exist there's only so None much you like can do with the with the slasher after all so why don't we use this as an opportunity to tell other sorts of supernatural horror stories and people roundly rejected that yeah. idea we and, want michael myers bring him back and they did in part four the return of michael myers yeah and so this was a an attempt to get back to the original carpenter concept and start switching it up with a different story every halloween and honestly then, uh, didn't go well, think they should have st- stuck with it they could you know what they could do it again they could they could pick this back up and go with carpenter's original idea why that isn't being thrown around i don't know uh, I think it's well, a good idea. I've stated on my on this podcast my steadfast like anti Halloween sequel stance. This is the exception because yeah. it's not you know a slasher rehash trying to. Uh, better. I'll take it any way I can get. It. I know you, you know will. I'm I easy know when will. it comes to Michael, but. And not, I'm I'm not impressed. Uh, G- give me the original. That don't impress him much. That don't impress me much. Okay, almost done. All okay. right, almost done. So the leads in, in the film, if you'll remember, there's one scene that's very small where he uh-huh. goes back to his ex-wife and yep. talks about the kids and the kids are in the room. Well, the the woman who plays the ex-wife, did you know this? Uh, I don't think so. So the, the lead actor's ex-wife, um, Linda, uh-huh. is played by Nancy Keys. Okay. Who plays Annie in Halloween? Oh, of course. Different hairstyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's Annie. And by the way, Annie, that actor, Nancy Keys, was married to director Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah, that that I think I knew. Yeah. Um, Tommy Lee Wallace, one of Carpenter's guys. Right. um, 
What did he, 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 was he like second unit on the original Halloween or something yeah, like that? that up. You yeah. look that up while I'm talking. He, yeah, I'll look that up while you're talking. And this was, speaking of directors, originally had been in the hands of Joe Dante to direct. Oh, that would Which would have cool. been really, really interesting. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And so here's a couple other fun connections. The cartoon playing on the TV in the bar is a cartoon called uh, The Cigarettes and the Weed from 1981. <laughs> yeah. Directed by Ralph Banks, uh, Bakshi. Yeah. I'm sorry for messing that name up. I'm I have name anxiety. Who um is also known for Fritz the Cat, of Fritz course, the cat. and and the very famous. If you were in high school, I mean, excuse me, if you were in junior high school in the 1980s, you definitely saw the 1978 version of Lord of the Rings. Hell yeah, you did. They threw that on. Tommy Lee Wallace was the editor and production designer of Halloween and there the you Fog, go. and he um also did art direction on Dark Star and Assault on Precinct 13, second unit on Big Trouble in Little China. So a longtime collaborator. Yeah, there you John. go. Makes sense. Yeah. And um, and collaborated by marrying um, a young woman who was in the original Halloween. Hell yeah. Uh, Season of the Witch was also the working title of what film? Do you know? Oh, shit. No. Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. No way. Original working title was Season of the Witch. Well, that yep. makes sense. And here is the last one. Okay. Um, in one of the multiple Silver Shamrocks commercials, right? And by the way, no more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. No more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. There's no way I could. That's London Bridge. Yeah. Um, there's no way that I could have done this without seeing that. Sorry, everybody. Of course. Anyway, in one of the commercials that's in the film, there is a, a moment where you see a shop. Uh, mm-hmm. called the Landis Department Store. And yes, indeed, that is a, a nod of the hat to the one and only John Landis. A uh, super cool guy who never did anything wrong. No, never. Never hurt anyone, never did anything wrong. Anyway, that's um, that's my man that's weird for Halloween 3, which I think is a pretty fun one. Yes, it is. And it's a fun movie. It's an underrated movie. Although at this point, I guess people rate it pretty highly. I don't know. It's got a reputation amongst... Horror hounds. It's so fun. But it is a lot of fun. Yeah, for it real. Fun. And you know what my favorite part is? Um, the part where the kid's head melts and turns into bugs. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it's the montage of all in all the different cities of what Halloween looks like. It's yeah. a really fun. There's a like this is at like the eighty percent mark. There's a really fun Halloween montage that just feels like time capsule and and awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. And now a look at what we're watching this week. Well, let me tell you what I've been watching, Corey, and tell then you me tell what me you've what been you've been watching. Well, it's been a minute, but I did see, I finally saw all of Killers of the Flower Moon. I, we're not talking about it too long, because we did talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. gave my praise. I said what I was going to say um, on a recent episode, and I, if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back, because Corey and I both are two thumbs up for this film. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah the the ending hit me. I got to tell oh, you. Man. I got to tell you. The ending hit I, I had because I had seen eighty percent of this, and I did, definitely was feeling emotional. I was feeling like worked up, but I think a lot of what I was feeling was also kind of like a lot of anger, but also just uh, kind of in, a lot of energy. Yeah, because the film is pretty forward moving. Yeah, it know? is. And so I had that kind of going into it. I was like, had that memory of that feeling. And when we get to the end, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Don't worry. Um, not that it's a big reveal or right. something. No, it's, it's, it's not. really not. But it's impactful. I was not expecting to get hit like a truck. I know. I I got hit like a truck and I just started crying. Yeah. And I don't usually, you know, I'm pretty clinical. Like we watch movies, you know, in part for a living. We we don't make a soul living on this. We piece together a lot of stuff, both of us. 
but we do you know we're professional movie watchers if you be really if you're being really reductive and so i am can get really clinical as a matter of fact i can watch all kinds of documentaries left and right about stuff that's really really terrible and be like okay now i gotta move on to the next one yeah and we gotta we can't accept a film based on you know the fact that i feel bad for the folks in it or that i think it's such a tragic story that it needs to be told like it we it really has a lot of other things have to come together for us to program that film so you kind of got to be cold-hearted and uh and i'm pretty good at doing that as you know but damn i was i was floored and i was pretty shaken we went to an afternoon screening and i was shaking the rest of the night i really wasn't back to myself until the next morning until i'd slept on it the next morning no it's it's a it's a really really crazy what a crazy film just in just in general too uh, i mean what a terrible horrible but also crazy story that this is as human beings that we can do this shit to each mm-hmm. other. But I also want to just point out that I'd taken my students on a field trip to see this. And of course I I had three and a half hours. I'd stepped out a little bit early to, to and had to catch the ending later. And um, when we talked about the film uh, on this past Monday, it, one of my students uh, was a young man started crying. Yeah. And I don't, you know, he couldn't really make sense of why he was crying, which I think is interesting too. He couldn't really articulate what it was, but I think that this film is that moving and that impactful that even when you can't really wrap your head around and, and, and quite get an understanding of all of the things that are at work, uh, you know, as, as somebody who's young and hasn't had a whole lot of critical studies and probably, you know, all of the things, but it still was so moving to him that, um, that it, it caused him to cry in class, which is unusual for, for me. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's, it's a really special film. Well, and I, and I, I, again, without getting into too much spoiler detail, um, the second to last scene, which is the final yeah, scene with the, DiCaprio and, and Lily that, Gladstone, yeah. that is a, an absolute wallop. Man, yeah, it's uh, encouraging you to see it on the big screen yeah, as we have. Absolutely, and as long as I'm emotional, um, I did see the Eras tour in the <laughs> in the theater too. You're laughing, but I'm not. I, I'm actually. Not. I don't doubt it. I've seen the concert before. Uh-huh. I saw you actually were in the next room uh, having bad movie night. The That's night, right. the, the, the night I've gone twice now, once to the AMC and once to Sidewalk uh-huh. to see it. And this was the opening night, and I was having the time of my life. I was dancing. I was hands up. I was getting people riled up. We yep. we had a great time in that cinema room. Yep. And I encourage you to go see this film. And I'm going to tell you right now, I encourage you to go see it somewhere where you can dance in the aisles. <laughs> um, it's it's so much fun. But but in addition. To that, um, I, you know, I had introed the film. I had, yes, it said I'm, I'm, I'm also a Swifty. I'm really proud to be introducing Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, it, this is probably as close as I'll ever get to introducing Taylor Swift is to introduce this film. Well, never and, say never, uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, I, but anyway, point is, is that I had made it clear that, you know, we had made a choice to program it and I was one of the people who made this decision. I'm Swifty and all this. And, you know, it was a sort of let's give permission for everybody to kind of stand up on their feet and, and have a good time mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because when I went to AMC, nobody's doing that. And there's kind of a, you could see people wanting to, but people aren't really sure. And anyway, um, point of the matter is, is that a gentleman sitting behind me with his um, two what looked to be sort of maybe a preteen and a teenage daughter. Um, certainly like a junior high, high school, or maybe both high school situation. Mm -hmm. And um, he kind of pulled me aside at about halfway through. And he said, I just want to thank y'all so much for 
doing this, for having this film, and for also just for having the, the uh, this event around yeah. it. Because he said, I work in nonprofit, and my, my girls wanted to go so badly to see the Eras Tour, and I couldn't afford to take oh, them. Oh, wow. And this has made their year. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. And when I asked at the beginning, you know, I did a whole, like, how many people have seen the Eras Tour? There were some people in the room who'd seen it, but the vast majority of people then when I said who hasn't raised their hand. So I do think that it's it's been a really nice opportunity for people who couldn't afford those very, very expensive tickets or weren't in the good fortune lottery to get them. Yeah. To be able to go and see somebody who they really, really, you know, respect and love and um and to do so in an environment like what Sidewalk provided, kind of like the Talking Heads film where we oh, can't get man. in the time machine and go back in time and see the Talking Heads <clears> at the <throat> at the height of their career, so to speak. But, but everybody kind of could, could live, could kind of relive. It's almost like a little bit of a time machine to be able to do that with that one. Absolutely. So so anyway, I I talked too long, um, but those were my two, both cinematic theatrical experiences. And um, I'm all about the attentive space right now. So what do you, what have you been watching? Um, I just want to mention one thing that I've seen recently that I hated. I hated it. Ooh, got to hear this. And it is a wildly successful new Uh horror movie called Five Nights at Freddy's. I, nobody's liking this though, right? Very few people. Well, yes. nobody above the age of uh-huh. like 25. Maybe I should go. Because the I kids, might like this. the kids who are all into the video games yeah. and the video game like continuing story and like hypothesize and play detective about the 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 lore behind these games and the the overarching story and the mysteries and stuff i, they I, are I losing, have yet to care about anything you're saying Sorry. they are losing their fucking minds over this and it's not only that i didn't like the movie which is not a very well made yeah. or well acted or scary or interesting movie right it's that I didn't even understand what I was supposed to be getting oh, out weird. of it. It's like... But is it because it's riffing on the video game so hard? I think it, it is fan service for yeah. people who know those games up yeah. and down. And that is a very Gen Z thing, huh. these games. That's I interesting. Mean, my students for the, you know, most of the time that I've been teaching have been all up in these games and more power to them. I just don't know anything about them. So when I saw the movie, I thought I'm going to see a movie that, you know, functions as a movie right. and perhaps might be accessible or of interest to people who don't know anything anything about this material it was not and not only was it not it it felt actively alienating let me me tell you a story oh interesting in 2002 way you know way back when i was in high school my grandma took me to see star wars episode 2 attack of the clones at a movie theater yeah and i think i know how she felt now not only like yeah i don't know what this is but like i don't even know what other people are seeing in this. I have yeah. no context for this. I feel ungrounded without any sort. Did she sort. express this to you? No, she, she was just completely baffled just by it, but she was just baffled by Star Wars in general. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand this and I don't understand how anybody else understands yeah. this. That's how I feel about Five Nights at Freddy's, at least in this, yeah. you know, film adaptation. So it makes you feel old then? I've never felt older. Yeah. I've never felt But older. is it that you're old, though? Or is it that you're just not a video game head? I mean, I'm not a video game head. I have been known to play a video game from time Five to Nights time. Have you played Five Nights at Freddy's? I have not played Five Nights at Freddy's. It doesn't... I mean, it seems like the sort of thing that conceptually I would enjoy. Right. But I've just... I have no experience with it. And... and to feel like inside jokes are being told? Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. and like when I I talk I talk to my students about the movie because of course they came to school on Monday and they were like, did you see the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? And I was like, yes, I saw the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and I have no idea what any of it meant, and I was confused and scared and annoyed. Uh, and they were like, but didn't you didn't you enjoy it when? They named one of the fucking robot yeah. goblins or whatever did that thing that Hob they do Goblin in the game, and I'm it, like, yeah. look, I have no idea what any of that means. I don't Weird. understand. You, you are, you are speaking to me in your Gen Z language that I just don't have any conception of. I'm trying to make a connection between anything that I might have experienced. I mean, you've got this Attack of the Clone shit, but I'm trying to think of something that I might have experienced. Because even something like Firewalk with me, you right. can, you can see that out of context with the with the Twin Peaks series. And if you and have still, any understanding of David movie, Lynch, right? Like, I mean, it's is it surrealistic? Yes, but it's it's still a movie. It still functions as a film, right? It it's not a film that necessarily delivers what you're looking for if you like conventional entertainment or even the Twin Peaks television series, or if that's the only thing you ever knew yeah. about David Lynch. But it does function as a film. Five Nights at Freddy's, I guess, theoretically functions as a film, but it's not a satisfying film if you are unfamiliar with the game. So, look, fundamentally, not for me, not yeah, my sort you. of thing. Gen you. Z, go with God. I hope you're having the time of your life. But even most of those kids are like, yeah, it's not a good movie, but we still liked it anyway because it was the characters that we like. So fair enough. Is this the future of film? I, I think it is. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. You've got a you've got a masterwork like Killers of the Flower Moon that's doing just fine in the cinema. Yeah, I, I would assume doing it's doing okay. just fine at the box. Well, it's on Apple TV. I mean, it's, it's on, not what? not yet, but it will. Be. Oh, it will be. Okay. Yeah. I thought. Oh, so, I thought they'd already released it. No, I think people are like three and a half hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait, wait and watch it. Wait. At home. I got you. I got you. Um, but look, I mean, like the Super Mario Brothers movie, the animated thing that yeah. came out earlier this year and made a billion dollars or whatever. You know, that is packed. I mean, that's barely a movie Yeah, that I enjoyed yeah. because it's packed with all the fucking in-jokes and musical stings and characters and stuff that I've seen playing those games for my entire life. So when I went to see that movie, I was dialed into that thing. And I assume that... That probably would not work for me. That probably... You would probably... Be miserable, wouldn't be I? Be absolutely miserable. Because I don't play that. And it's barely, again, it's barely a movie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'd pro- well, there you go. I mean, this is like video game culture, and this is just monopolizing and capitalizing on video game culture. So, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Maybe that the film wasn't for you, you know? It was not for me. Um, I think we're going to get a lot more of that with the success well, of this movie and, and it's the on success Peacock of Mario and, Brothers. Am I right to say this? It's on Peacock at the same time, Well, that's yes? where I watched it. I didn't even go to yeah. a cinema because I was looking at you know available right. seats on my AMC app and was just like well shit I don't I don't yeah. think I'm gonna want to go out for that I don't think I can stand sitting in the second row looking straight up at yeah. fucking Freddy Fazbear so or whatever no it's not not for me um, but if you uh, found it for you podcast at sidewalkfest.com you can call me old I have never felt older I've never felt older even though one time I went to the beach that makes you old from the movie old and I got really oh, old damn yeah I know R.I.P. that sucks um, okay that's what we've been watching Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks Podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Cracker Barrel Rainbow Rocking Chair and Pride Whopper. 
Okay, Cracker Barrel, first of all, I don't think has any ground to celebrate <laughs> pride. Well, they tried to. And I look, I, I, I'm going to tell you this. Okay. I acknowledge that we are quite a ways away from pride, and it's, uh-huh. in, the, it's in the rear view, and it's a, it's a ways ahead. But I just stumbled upon this, and I couldn't resist these couple of um, rainbow washing moments in our corporate history. Pandering. Yes, yes. So they did indeed. They they posted a photo of a rocking chair. Uh-huh. Okay. With each wood slat painted a different color of the rainbow. Yep. And in the little comment underneath it on Instagram or wherever it was, which I assume it's Instagram because it was a photograph, everyone is always welcome at our table and our rocker. Okay. And now whether or not this rainbow rocker was for sale, I don't know. That was my hope, but I do know that they published that they that they um whatever what do you call it, posted this uh-huh. and um got two thousand comments. All of which were positive. In, in less than twenty three hours. So way more uh, than two thousand comments. Let me give you a couple. Okay. Just run your business and stay out of politics, as if being accepting of a particular community was such a political. No, that's move. inherently political. Your yeah. your existence is political. Sorry. This, this is my favorite one. Where was your appreciation for veterans? What? And I, I, what I loved about this comment is I, my first thought was, don't they appreciate? I feel like there's just a vibe at Cracker Barrel where yeah. they're appreciating veterans all the time. I feel like they just, 365 it's, days a year. It's built into the biscuit. <laughs> yeah, you taste much. the biscuit when you eat a biscuit at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> the flavor that you're tasting is an appreciation <laughs> yep, of veterans. I think so too. And uh, and the, so much so that the reporter who there was a little a bit they had to editorialize a little bit because the next the next sentence was. They did indeed post on Veterans Day. Like of course. they wanted to let us know that. Um, and then you know, this is another favorite. I used to love Cracker Barrel, but I can go without them. Uh, you probably should. And then there's the um, call for boycott series, Great. including CB. This bud's for you. Go woke. Go broke. <laughs> All right. But let me tell you about a BK Lounge. Okay. The uh, Burger King, now, I'll give them this. This was not in the U.S., uh-huh. okay? This was Burger King, Austria, and this was 2022, so it's got a little bit of time on it. Sure. But the, um, they did a Pride Whopper, and the Pride Whopper was this. The Tops and Bottoms Pride Whopper. <laughs> it's Sorry. either two I tops. Already. It's either two tops <laughs> or two bottoms. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> apparently, not only was I, I, I mean, some of the community was embracing this and loving it, which I think this is hilarious. I think um, that's really funny. But there were too. definitely some people who didn't see this as being too humorous and, you know, were saying, like, don't you know that that's, there was some education that was trying to be, to, to go down. Um, but more than that, there needed to be education in the kitchen because apparently it threw the employees for a loop as they were trying to make these burgers. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Um, so anyway, are you the um, two tops, two bottoms, <laughs> BK Pride Whopper, or are you that good old Pride Rocking Chair? I'll be the Pride Rocking Chair. The, um, oh, good. Because there's there's a lot that I don't understand about about <laughs> tops and bottoms. Oh, I'll take the tops and bottoms. I'll take them both. I'll be versatile. I did love Emma Seligman's movie Bottoms, that, yeah. which we showed at the Sidewalk yeah, uh, Film a good Festival. One. 
Very funny. She would have ordered them. Uh, that's my question, though, is that when you order the tops and bottoms Whopper, can you say, like, I'd like it to be top? I would assume, right? <laughs> I, I'd like it to uh, be a top. Uh, I'd like a pride Whopper. Uh, mine top. should be a top, please. please. <laughs> oh, man. Bring it bring it to the States. Bring it to the States. Yeah, people will react totally normally I, about yeah. that here. Yeah. There won't be, like, 9,000 think no. pieces at, like, Jezebel or whatever no. exists now that Jezebel doesn't. But can't you see that, like, you're damned if you do? damned if you don't god i mean there's no winning there's no winning i have gotten that sense every single day of my life recently there is no there's no winning winning. we can't it's impossible to win the the only way to win is not to play to borrow a a line from war games just get off social media and never talk to anybody again which is kind of the path i'm headed down to be perfectly honest oh speaking of killers of the flower moon a little earlier Uh i can't tell you the number of times that in my head in the since seeing that film I've thought, it does me no good to speak to this man. (laughs) (laughs) I've literally, literally a hundred times. It's my new mantra. Anyway, um, it does me good to speak into this microphone. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Batwell Studios. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Uh, visit us online at sidewalkfest.com or follow us on social media if you're still on social media, which again, as we've established, you shouldn't be. But you if can you listen are, to us while playing Five Nights true. at Freddy's. You certainly, you probably should. I don't know. Maybe it or has like a scary you? I don't know soundtrack. anything about this. Sidewalk, uh, at Sidewalk Film on social media uh, is, is the end of that sentence. Um, but again, sidewalkfest.com is where you can get tickets to what we're showing at the cinema. As of the recording of this, this won't be the case uh, when you hear it, but as of the recording of this, we're showing both Killers of the Flower Moon and Taylor Swift, well, the Eras You know what we'll be playing is your, your pick of the month, really, um, Anatomy of a Fall. That's right. If you're hearing this uh, in mid-November, we've got Anatomy of a Fall, the Palm Door winner from justine trier playing at the sidewalk cinema we also have oh that's exciting we also have jewish film week which starts on november 12th and goes through i don't know the 17th 18th 19th something like that uh with a lot of great films um including a uh, sidewalk film 101 screening of my favorite movie by my favorite filmmakers joel and ethan cohen's a serious man fits right in there perfectly as a mashup between jewish film week and um and film 101 and then at the end of the month we have a um a proposal that we um, embrace from our projectionist nick felici and that is a noir vember series that we're really excited about as well some classic and uh, neo-noir films we're putting on the screen including one for the kids which I think you'll be excited oh, yeah. to see. It's called Blood Simple. Yeah, I'm just Blood kidding. Simple. Uh, no, it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a good one. It's, and, blo- it's and Blood Simple is playing. It's Blood not Simple for the kids is, unless you're, you know, unless you're just I watched like, it unless when your I was kids a kid. are super fucking cool like I was That's as right. a kid. Uh, so now it's some more Coen brothers there on the big screen. And if you need a little, you know, film noir education or want to fill in some blanks for yourself on some of those blind spots, Maltese Falcon, Out of the Past, and a, and a couple of films in the lobby as well. So yeah. it's a good way to kind of either enrich your uh, what you know about film noir or to, um, to begin learning more about That's it. That's right. I'm showing Maltese Falcon in my class right now i should have waited and took them to the yeah, should have. oh well they bummer. won't they probably won't want to see it no they probably time. won't uh all right well that's it for this episode thanks for the, listening we'll, we'll sign off now bye batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise <laughs>